Tom Brady is the greatest football player, greatest quarterback anyway, because he was picked in the last round of the draft. That's the reason it lit such a fire under him that because he was, here's the story that I don't think, unless you're a New England Patriots fan, you probably don't know. He had such a fire. He was so mad at that, that he had such something to prove. On day one of training camp, Robert Kraft came up, he walked up right to him as this kind of nobody, skinny Mm -hmm. kid, you know, 22 year olds right out of college, goes up to Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots and says, hi, Mr. Kraft, I'm Tom Brady. And he says, I know who you are, Tom, you're a six round draft pick. He says, Tom's response was, that's right. And I'm the best decision this organization has ever made. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is, is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. Okay, Ben. Um, I came in here today thinking we were going to talk about one thing. Um, And as I was setting up, uh, I said something sort of casually and your response surprised me enough that it felt like we should talk about that instead. <laughs> so the, the thing that I said, and I'll let you sort of give the context, but um, on Heather, your wife's blog, yesterday, the day before, she wrote a, a quick post about how Maya, your daughter, tore her ACL mm-hmm. recently, over the weekend, while you guys were at regionals. Um, and my comment was simply, as you said, something that you've probably heard 10 times now, which is, sucks about Maya. And so why don't you give me what your response was to that, and then we can sort of walk our way through the sort of the whys behind that. Yeah. So my response was, we should talk about this. It doesn't suck about Maya. So here's the little quick backstory. We are regionals in Albany, uh, the East regionals this past weekend. While I was there, chance to have the the tournament that we're not at as parents. It seems to always be the case. Maya um, playing lacrosse at a um, tournament at Harvard University tore her, um, tore her ACL. Um, Seems... On the outside, looking in, devastating. It is a season-ending injury. It is six months before you're doing anything again. So it's a long recovery. And it is. To a lot of people, they would see that and they'd have the same response you do, which is you're the fourth person that's come to me and said, literally, the word for word is, sucks about Maya. Yeah. It's just funny how people say that. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And I know my daughter doesn't see it that way either. She, on Sunday, um, is she glad this happened? No right? But there's perspective in everything. I'm not saying like, let's put sunshine and rainbows and let's pretend that this is good or that this doesn't hurt or anything else. She's in pain. She'd rather be with her team. She is the most fierce competitor I've ever been around. The most loyal teammate I've ever seen in my life. It's crushing her not to be on the, on the field. Having said that, she's going to be better because of this. It was a best case scenario. And you can talk about this as silver lining, but here's, it's not, but here are the silver linings. She tore only her ACL. It was a non-impact injury. It was just from um, cutting and turning on the field. It was going to go. So it's, it's been, it's been rampant, but there's been a number of girls on her team and it's people that have young high school age female girls that play field sports realize how rampant ACL injuries are Mm -hmm. in, in sports. Uh, it was going to go. So whether it was this year, next season, or she's a junior right now in the spring season, she's already committed to play D1 lacrosse. She's gotten a scholarship for it. 
if it happened next year, that's way more devastating. Yeah. It happens during her college career, that's way more devastating. The way ACLs go now is kind of like Tommy John surgery for Major League Baseball players. They're, it's basically her leg will be bulletproofed. It's stronger than it was before. Where the ACL is a susceptible uh, ligament, it now gets reinforced. Mm-hmm. So that leg will be stronger. The likelihood of her tearing her, of her, tearing her ACL in college goes down dramatically. That's a good. So the likelihood of her making it through her college career without a uh, season-ending injury goes way up. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. She's not going to miss any. This is at the end of this season. So she misses. Yes, she missed the tournament. She missed the playoffs. She missed a few games this year. But it's her junior year. She's not missing her senior year. And she's not going to miss any time next season either. She will miss part of she will miss all of her field hockey season yeah. and half of her basketball season. She's a three-sport varsity athlete and actually the captain of all yeah. three sports. She's a stud. She's a stud. <laughs> so for that sake, it's 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 not great. Yep. But here's the thing that's gonna happen. One of her downfalls is that she's a three-sport athlete. She's never been able to commit herself to just one sport. She, in a year and a half, is going to be going on to play Division One lacrosse. She needs to get better at lacrosse. Mm-hmm. This is going to provide her the opportunity to work on something that's been really her short game for a long time. She's really well-conditioned. She's really competitive. And she is in a, a phenomenal competitor. That's her strengths. That's why she got recruited. She's not the best stick handler. She's not good at lacrosse, part mm-hmm. of lacrosse. She's going to be able to spend months now working on her stick handling. She's going to get so much better, not in spite of this injury, but because of this injury. She will be more prepared for her college career than if this never happened. Mm -hmm. This is a good thing. Now, people can look at me and hear that and say that it's crazy. It's a good thing. She's not unique in this. It happens across sports all over the place that people make huge leaps and bounds because of adversity, not in spite of it. Um, we'll get back to Maya, but the first thing that that makes me think of is something that you mentioned last year after meeting, I think it was meeting Brent, uh, Brett Brent Fikowski. Fikowski. Um, so maybe if you want to kind of give us that story, because that, that feels very much in line with this idea. It's exactly the same. So Brent Fikowski, for those that don't know, he finished fourth place at the games this year. It was his rookie year at the games. The two years previous to that, he missed qualifying out of the West Regional by points. He was sixth place both times, and it was fractions. I was at the West Regional this year because I was coaching my athlete, Cole Sager, there. He dominated the West Regional this year. First place from start to finish. Never left the center lane. And I asked him afterwards. I was like, Brent, what's the deal, man? What was the difference from being on the outside looking in for two years in a row trying to knock through that door to being able to not only knock through that door, but like crush blow it. them, yeah. blow it apart, right? Just like crushed it. And he said, this year, I got hurt. So for everybody else, it's like, what do you mean? He had a really bad labrum, hip labrum issue. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, that they would see that. And like on the outside looking in, year one. On the outside looking in, year two. Year three, really devastating injury where you can't squat, you can't do box jumps, you can't run. You Like, that's tough. It'd be tragic. Right. It's not. Brent's a competitor. He saw this as an opportunity. They're not obstacles. They're opportunities. It's an opportunity for him to work on his weaknesses. He got hung up every single year with handstand push-ups. Mm-hmm. So I can't go below parallel. I can't use my hip. What am I going to do? 
He worked a lot of raw, pure strength building stuff, a lot of hypertrophy stuff for his upper body. Came in and be not in spite of the injury, because of the injury he made to the games. And because of that, he put himself on the map as a contender on the podium. It's the exact same thing. Do you see it often as being an injury that for, uh, you know, as you referred to him as a, as a smart athlete and for Maya, is it an injury that often does that? Or can there be, have you seen other factors that might on the surface feel like a hindrance or a tragedy or something that sucks turn into something that ends up being good? Tom Brady is the greatest football player, greatest quarterback anyway, because he was picked in the last round of the draft. That's the reason it lit such a fire under him that because he was... Here's the story that I don't think, unless you're a New England Patriots fan, you probably don't know. He had such a fire. He was so mad at that, that he had such something to prove. On day one of training camp, Robert Kraft came up. He walked up right to him as this kind of nobody, skinny Mm -hmm. kid, you know, 22-year-olds right out of college, goes up to Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and says, hi, Mr. Kraft, I'm Tom Brady. And he says, I know who you are, Tom. You're our six-round draft pick. He says, Tom's response was, that's right. And I'm the best decision this organization has ever made. Like, there it is. Mm-hmm. Katrin David's daughter did not win. She won the CrossFit Games because she didn't make the games the year before. That's Had she made the games, had she not had that tragic event where she couldn't climb the rope and she's crying on the floor at that regionals in 2014, if she makes the games that year, she is still a middle-of-the-road athlete. I promise you that. She'll tell you that as well. People are succeeding because of adversities. Mm-hmm. At the time, that seemed like the most devastating thing that had ever happened in Katrin's young adult life. She was devastated from it. I wasn't coaching at the time, but I was her friend. And I texted her and said, you might not be able to see this now, but this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. And it took her 11 days to get back to me. <laughs> she, and I was like, oh, there goes that relationship. She's, she got back to me 11 days. And when she got back to me, she, says, she said, I want to move to Boston. So she moved to Boston, and because of that, I'm not saying I'm the reason no. she won. It, she re- but it's a chain of a chain of events. Exactly, she reinvigorated, reinforced everything. She took a new perspective on everything. She was not going to allow herself the opportunity to be in that position again. It's so funny that all she was trying to do that year was make the games. Mm-hmm. That's all she. That's her, that's that where she, goal. That's what her goal was. I want to make it back to the games, but she committed herself so much to the process and became such a student of what excellence looks like in every facet of your life that it actually got her to the top of the podium. That's, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion, right. but that commitment to the process, if you go so much, it doesn't matter what your goals are. You are going to smash them out of the water. Like I bet you Brent's the start of that year, Brent Fikowski's goal was not to be top five at the games. Mm-hmm. I bet you his goal was to make it to the games. Right. But he worked so hard at that that you can shatter your own dreams. So what do you think the what do you think the the common denominator is there between a Katrin or Fakowski or Tom Brady or Amaya? Like what is it that they have that allows them to see uh, an opportunity where most people see an obstacle? It's uh, it's a championship mindset, and here's. 
my kind of, and this is going to be no mystery to anybody that's listened to this podcast before, but it's about developing the character traits first, right? If you're the person that says like, woe is me and looks for excuses and looking for shortcuts and has a fixed mindset where everything is now pass fail, it's not about growing and learning. You, you, I mean, those things happen to you and you're going to be rocked to your core and shattered, yep. right? You're going to be the person that literally doesn't leave their house for, you might be the person that doesn't respond to a text for 11 days. <laughs> yeah. So, or, or anything else. Like you might be the person that has an injury and can't shake it, like can't get over the injury. Well, if you have these other character traits, which we know now that Tom Brady, Maya, Katrin, and Brett Fikowski have, where you see these things and it allows you the opportunity to reevaluate yourself and learn from this and push forward, that's the characters that those people have versus the other people that see obstacles as roadblocks that can't be overcome. There's all these, you know, there's a great book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Yep. It's just example after example after example of exactly this. Mm-hmm. It's do you learn? Do you see these things? And you're not, these people that he, he, he gives examples of are not succeeding in spite of the obstacles and bigger obstacles than what these guys were talking about. Big six round draft pick and an ACL tear or not making the games, like whatever. Mm-hmm. These are things like, being born paralyzed, going to uh, having a life sentence in jail, like really, really big things mm-hmm. that these people are overcoming and they're being ultimately successful. Again, not in spite of the adversity, but because of it. Mm-hmm. You can learn to flip these obstacles upside down. It's not a limiter, it's an opportunity. So how do you as, you know, because in these situations with Catherine and with Maya, you are, it's not happening to you. It's happening to people who you're close enough to that they'll listen to you. So how do you, as being in that position, how can you be helpful in, in and I think Catherine and Maya are the type that they didn't need you to remind them mm-hmm. of these things. But like, let's say, let's say, for example, that Maya was yep. or is, you know, she's got a scholarship lined up, being injured, your junior, like, that's legitimately scary, yep. if, you know, for, for a lot of people. And it's what sort of prompts myself and other people saying that sucks, yep. you know? So how do you in your position, again, assuming that Maya is not Maya, how can you be the person that lets somebody understand that this is the case and it's not the end of the world? I can't. Dot, dot, dot. In the immediacy or in the short term. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to flip a switch overnight. Like yep. I can't have a conversation with somebody and change it like that. Having said that, there's a really cool story. One of my <laughs> one of my athletes, Tori Dyson, yep. who just competed at regionals crushed this year, it. crushed it, did yep. amazing. Um, she was at Chipotle with Katrin and another one of our um, employees. And the other employee, Chris, uh, Christine, was telling me the story. And um, Tori's been with us long enough that she has the same mindset mm-hmm. that we do. So they're at they're at um, Chipotle, and this guy's trying to get ice out of the out of the beverage dispenser. Yep. It's not coming out. And he loses it. He like starts swearing and started yelling. He's like, there's no ice. I can't. And he turns and he flips around and turns to Tori and goes, I can't believe they don't have the ice. And she just looks at him. She's like all five foot nothing. Yeah. Looks up at him and goes, I think you have bigger issues than the ice. And he's like, oh, and it like shocked him a little bit. And he's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just, you're right. It was just the, the traffic on Route 9 yeah. getting here was ridiculous. And she goes, I think there's bigger issues than the traffic on Route 9. And he had this like, you, like, this, like who are you? This, like, 
<laughs> and he like this like really quick like I guess you, they told, she told me like you see this like internalization where he like yeah. kind of like he reevaluated his whole <laughs> outlook on life in like three quick seconds and just kind of turned around and was like thank you <laughs> and walked away <laughs> so Tori's been with us for the better part of this year she yeah. joined with us early last fall but that's what it, it takes a little while unless you're Tori and can flip someone's switch in yeah. you know yeah, uh, 35 seconds yeah. It takes a, it, it can take people a longer time to realize this, but I think it's just the the drip drip drip, the, like the slow kind of like realizing a lot of stuff we've talked about in this podcast. Like these are things that you get to do; they're not mm-hmm. things you have to do. Realizing the abundance in your life, you know, positivity, you know, having a a, a growth mindset, like all the stuff that we talk about leads into these times when it's going to be challenged. It's really easy to have a growth mindset and be high fives and head button people and say, I'm going to get after this when it's a, a brick paved road, sunshine and rainbows yep. and unicorns are living in your backyard. Yep. Like that's easy. It's when you tear your ACL that push comes a shove and do you, now can you do this? When you don't make the games, now can you do this? That's when it comes down to it. And what can I do in that short term? I don't think a whole lot, particularly if somebody already has that fixed mindset yep. where this is who I am, this sucks. I'm going to come across as... Somebody that's just like preachy and, you know, it's gonna, my word's going to fall on deaf ears. That's not the approach I, I would even want to put myself in that position. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I was a coach and somebody is a coach out there that's dealing with somebody in these situations, I would, um, I would not start off with, you know, here's what I learned. Right, you know, here's right. what I learned from the obstacles of the way. You yep. know, here's what right. I learned from, you know, Stephen Covey. Here's what I learned from this podcast with Ben Bergeron. I'd be a supportive person. Yeah. You know, I'd be there to show them that you care about them, but I would not allow them to, if they say this sucks, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't reinforce it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say like, yes, this sucks, Maya. Yeah. This really does. Which is different for me when I used to, I can remember back, I, it's something I regret. I can remember back when I was a trainer at a Globo gym and somebody um, like dislocated their elbow doing a curl or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was on staff there and the person was freaking out. And I was like, oh man, oh, that sucks. Yeah. And it's like, that's not helping anything. <laughs> like the person's right. like, I know it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to be like the the positive guy, yeah. but you can't be the negative. You right. can't uh, reinforce the negative. You have to be at least the neutral guy. At least the neutral. And then yeah. slowly work it in with little drip, drip, drips. Right. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about for whatever reason, again, because the regionals just happened, like, a good number of, of guys went down with the ring. Yeah. With pec yeah. tears. And for whatever reason that, that just popped in my head. Like there are a handful of guys now who are in literally in this position where yeah. they are coming out of this weekend and they could either think I just wasted a year or they can think this is setting me up for something, whatever that something is. Yeah. So I talked to, um, I talked to a couple of those guys. Yeah. I talked to, um, Chase Smith. I talked yeah. to Alex Vigno. um, and had a really at Chase Smith was a little bit more in the media. See, Alex did had it last week. Yeah. So I talked to, when I talked to Alex, he was phenomenal. He was like, you know, I can't control this. Mm-hmm. It's outside my control. It's happened. I can cry over spilt milk. And he does it with a really cool accent. Yeah, so I'm not going to attempt. <laughs> or I can see this as an opportunity to start my 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 regional training months ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be more prepared because of this. It's very much a this is an Urban Meyer thing. The the guy that uh, um, coached Ohio State football to the national championship, he has a saying that's E plus R equals O, mm-hmm. which is the event plus your response to that event dictates the outcome. Okay. 
you have zero control over the events. There's no control over that. So once your pec has t- torn, you have no longer control over it. Once Maya's, you know, you could talk about it in hindsight, like I should have done this, I should have done That doesn't help anything right. either. Yep. But you, Tom Brady can't control that. He was drafted six. Katrin can no longer control that she didn't climb that rope and make the games. Maya can't control that she tore ACL. Those events have happened. No matter how much you focus and wish and want and think about it, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. Now, your response does have control over part of the outcome. But generally, the outcome, you don't have that much control over either. But you have influence over it. But it's just not the event happens and it's an outcome. Mm-hmm. It's not I tore my ACL and now I'm going to live a life of depression for the rest of my life. That's not how it works. It's the event happens. How you respond to that event dictates the outcome. Where well, you the person that's going to show resilience and fortitude and guts and Re- reevaluate yourself and see it's an opportunity or are you the person that says this happens this sucks I need to crawl in a hole and cry for four months mm-hmm. it's up to you there is a, there is control over certain things Alex was phenomenal with it mm-hmm. Alex tore his pec and he said all the things I'm saying to you he said to me mm-hmm. which is really impressive mm-hmm. and do you think that how quickly do you think for somebody like Alex or Fukowski or Maya or Katrin or yourself, how quickly do you go from shit that happened to, okay, let me find, let me find the good in it. Is there still a gap between that, that sort of that stimulus of whatever happening and the response being sort of more yeah. trying to sort of grasp control over that or, or is it like, is it automatic? It's, um, it's learned. Or it's close to automatic. It's learned. So when we started working with Katrin, it was an 11-day response, right? <laughs> right? right. Yep. For, for real though. Yeah. And now it's immediate. Now it is um, squat clean pyramid comes with the games. Her The worst event that's going to happen. She can barely lift the last bar. She's a person contending for the podium. She might not be able to finish a workout. That seems really detrimental. Mm-hmm. Like that's the event. But her response is you want to walk around and her self-talk and what she's talking about when the workout's announced – She's high-fiving the headbutting people. Mm-hmm. She's psyched about it. So she turns around really quickly. Well, at least it's not a one-rep max. It's There's some cardio in it. I'm going to be able to show the world how hard I've worked. It's like, so she switched it from 11 days to probably seconds or mm-hmm. probably minutes at least. Yep. You know, I've I've been practicing this with myself for a very, very long time. And um, th- it's about three weeks and a day now ago, I started experiencing exertion headaches. Mm-hmm. To a point where, and I had them three years ago, to a point where it'd be like a knife pick in the back of my head. And it's kept me from working out at high intensity for the last three weeks, which is something I, I, I do every day. Like yeah. it's part of my being. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people about it, I, first off, I try not to, but when people hear about it or something like that, they would same response. Like, oh, that sucks. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, not really. I know what it is. I know what's causing it. I know how to fix it. And... It's beach season. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna work on some some bodybuilding stuff. It's an opportunity. Yeah. So like like whatever. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. I know it's gonna set me back for a month. I thought it'd be a month. Today is week three in one day, and I'm back. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not the end of the world. Like the sky is not falling. It's not the like just a little bit of perspective on these things. Like in five years, is this gonna matter? Mm-hmm. Probably not, unless you have a really bad reaction to it. If you have a really bad reaction to it. It might. Could. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it at that. Cool. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Save.
save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 